With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Welcome in, everybody, to the Landry Football Podcast for this Wednesday, December 15th. On a little bit later than normal, we sent out a tweet there. Always can follow us on Twitter, at Landry Football, as we were really tied up with a very hectic, very busy day. I know it's always busy, but signing day today. It's going to be the theme of what we're going to talk about today, but we'll get into a little bit of everything. But it has just been a little bit more... Hectic thing normal uh, with news coming out. We're going to get you caught up to date on a lot of the details, but we're going to go as we like to do, big picture on a lot of things and what to make up of all the information, all the details um, that I think is relevant to today. But we're going we're gonna to leave all the details, all the minutiae, uh, for those of you that are joining us over at LandryFootball.com. We've got uh, all the news and notes, the latest, and the, we'll be going into, in, into the evening, um, the latest of what's going on. We'll touch again on a few of it, uh, a few of the details and kind of how things play out. We are uh, excited to be brought to you again by the great folks at the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM, um, the great folks at Odyssey, and our, my good friends over at MyPillow, um, where you can get uh, great deals on unbelievable towels at mypillow.com um, using the promo code Landry. More on that in a little bit. Um, so signing day is today the beginning of it, early signing day. We're going to get into the a few things. One, what we should do with signing day, what is currently being done, what might happen as soon as next year, um, and, and how that might play out. But what is really the signing day, the early signing day, how should we look at it? You're going to hear a lot of discussions about who won, who's number one. Um, we'll certainly provide that to those of you that want to know, how did my team do? And, and again, Certainly bring your questions and comments in the chat room uh, and join us. If you're watching us on Facebook Live, Landry Football, YouTube Live, uh, Landry Football, Twitch TV, uh, Chris Landry Football, you can join us in the chat room with your questions on anything doing football as we get through this show. And we'll get to them in the mailbag segment. But everyone's going to look at, okay, here's who won, here's how it's ranked. 
and that's great. Look, we have a unique website at Landry Football that we try to break through a lot of the nonsense. There's a lot of the websites that deal in recruiting that will talk about this is no, this one's number one, number two, number three. I explain this often when it comes to the draft. It's not important where they're ranked. It's important how they grade. You have to have a skilled way to grade a recruiting class. And that is the quality and combined with the quantity of players in your class um, based upon the information and the circumstances that you have now. Um, But as you grade them, if the grades are in an equal grade category, it does not matter where your quote-unquote rank. So, for example, I use this in the draft all the time. If you've got um, players that are 7-0 grades, if there are three of them, then one, two, and three, there's no drop-off. You can stack them one, two, three, but they're all of the same value, grade value. If you've got one player at 7-0 and you got three at 6-9, then there is a drop-off from number one to number two, but there's really no drop-off from two to three to four. And so I think that's really important in my view, and it is ongoing and will be until we wrap up recruiting in the latter signing day in February. I do think that Alabama, Texas A&M, and Georgia all fit into the category of what I would call elite recruiting classes. So this is how I grade recruiting classes from a team standpoint. You can get this at LandryFootball.com. I graded the classes based upon commitments prior to signing day. I will update that or change that based upon who actually signed once we get through this 72-hour period. But here's how I grade classes. There's this elite group, and I designate them with a dark blue color grade. Elite. What is an elite recruiting class? It's one that represents at least 70% of your class that ranks within the top 300 overall prospects. That's elite. That would be Alabama, A&M, and Georgia. They fit into that category. The next category would be the outstanding classes, which are the light blue, and it's a class that represents 60% of its players in the top 300. Very, very good still, Um, or outstanding as I like to call it. Then the dark red, and that's a light blue category, the dark red designation goes to the ones with very good classes, class that represents at least 50% with top 300 overall prospects. A good class is a light red, which represents 40% of its class with top 300 overall prospects. Dark purple is well above average. It's a class that represents at least 30% of of its class with overall uh, top 300 prospects. And then light purple, which is slightly above average, it represents 20% um, with top 300 overall prospects. Uh, Average class, dark orange. 
is it represents at least 10% of its class with the top 300 overall prospects. Light orange is a slightly below average is a class that represents at least 5% of its class in the top 300 overall. Uh, below average, the dark greens, class without any top 300 prospects, but with a number of quality three stars. And uh, <clears throat> a poor class is is light green, which is a player lacking in top 300 overall prospects and lacking in three-star prospects. Okay, now, it is very simple and very generic to say so-and-so had a good class. Look, if you look at some programs that may fit into the category, if you're a, I don't know, an Iowa, you could say they've got a good class, good for Iowa. You know, they they do what they do. In, In my grade category, they wouldn't fit into the good category. You know, they would fit in probably the light purple to orange category most years. It doesn't mean that they're done a poor job. That's kind of who they get, who they normally are in a position to get. When I grade this, I'm not putting a criticism on the staff on what they do. This is a grading scale that's designated as such as it relates to building a national championship caliber program. So the fact that an Iowa gets maybe a light purple or a dark orange grade most years and can be like one game away from winning a conference championship says an awful lot. And there are other programs that do that. Utah is another example. You're not going to see them get ranked very high, but you know they're going to go and win a major Power 5 conference. That says an awful lot. And I think you need to understand that. Now, certainly, how Utah recruits is good. Good for them and good what they do. Not good on the scale that I'm talking about. It's something I wanted to to point out. Uh, I think the biggest couple of big storylines, and the biggest storyline we'll get to in a little bit, is the biggest team storyline is probably Texas A&M. Alabama and Georgia have been here. A&M has been close. You can make the case in the elite uh, blue, dark blue elite category, the Aggies are in that group. They've got, would be considered, you know, um, four or five stars, uh, even more than, you know, 18 four stars. I think Alabama with three five stars and 19 four stars are kind of in that same group, and that's why they're very, very close. Georgia has uh, more five stars. They've got five, and they've got 15 four stars. Now, a lot of it, the overall grading and how people will look at it is overall numbers. It's not done yet. It's really close. Folks, you're kind of fooling yourself if you're trying to say, well, this one had the best one. Again, those three, there's no best out of those one three. You can put AM, Alabama, or Georgia as number one, and you can put put them number three, and it doesn't matter because they're all in that same elite tier. And that's what you need to know. That's what you need to understand in this class. And then you go into the ones that maybe fit into the category. Look, you can get into any of the blue, the dark blue, the light blue, 
um, the dark red and even into the light red, you can compete nationally. The higher you are, the more opportunity from a talent standpoint that you can get. With that said, that's all we can do to satisfy the appetite for you, the consumer, as to who had the best class. Here's the reality. That's based on film work on how they look to this point. My friends understand this, and I don't want to throw a big old bucket of cold water on anybody. What good does it do if you've got eight to ten players out of any of these recruiting classes that end up transferring or being off the team in three years? You can't recruit, excuse me, you can't evaluate a recruiting class until three years down the road. You can't evaluate a draft class to three years down the road. You can't. You can't do it adequately because you don't know. Because you can say, well, it's now you got to develop. No. If they leave, if they become bad character problems, that's poor evaluation. If they're overrated as players, that's a poor evaluation. If you if they're not one of those things and you don't develop, yeah, that's a developmental problem. But one of the things that we're seeing now is you're looking at what we think is going to be and who we think is going to be there down the road. Now, you can look at Alabama and say there's a consistent number one class and they develop well and the results are there. At a, at a level that, that, that no one even comes close to. Georgia has won a title. They still could. A&M, the best they did in four years under Jimbo is a two-loss team last year. You know, so we've seen people have success recruiting, but they haven't won it. Ohio State's very good, or excuse me, in that outstanding category. Haven't won a title under Ryan Day. I know they've won the title before, but my point is, is there's a lot more that needs to be done from a developmental standpoint. But what is not talked about enough is there's a lot more that needs to happen to determine and evaluate the signing class. Because if they don't stay and they're not part of your team in three years, it doesn't matter how good they look on paper today. It matters who's still there. So I know everyone wants to focus on on who had the best. That's the best we could do. I want to talk in in a in a bigger view of. <clears throat> pardon me. What I hope is the last time that we're talking in December about early signing day. I don't like it. A lot of my coaching brethren do. Why do they like it? They like it, the assistants do, and some head coaches do, because it allows them to get the bulk of their recruiting done for this class in the books before the holidays. It lessens, it allows them to get started on next year's class sooner because they have less guys to factor in 
and finalized for the February signing day. We have a dysfunctional calendar in college football. You've heard me talk about that time and time again. I'm going to rail on it again because we've got major dysfunction in college football. And it stems from the fact that the powers that be were so darn afraid of dealing with having to pay players and getting sued and this and that, that they wanted to throw them a bone any way they could go. Let's have a transfer portal you can leave anytime you want. That the hell with the ramifications of who it's going to hurt, how it's going to affect the game. There, good, just do it. Fine, NIL deals. The money's going to come from the outside sources. Hey, they don't have to pay for it. Boom, go ahead. <clears throat> Chaos, dysfunction. It's led to all sorts of what they would consider unintended consequences. They were, the minute they made these moves, I was on the front end talking about how this was going to create the dysfunction. What we have now has been clearly as forecasted as the sun rising in the east and setting in the west back when they started this. Look, we have a calendar that says we play a football season in college. We're going to have an early signing day in December. Players can transfer and announce any time that they want. We've, we end the season Thanksgiving weekend. We can't wait to the end of the season to fire coaches if we're going to make a coaching change. We've got to fire them early. We've got to hire a guy soon. We've got to somehow get a staff in place so that we can have some kind of signing day for early signing day. And then we hope that we can get that right. And if we don't, and then we lose transfer guys, and they're coming and going, it's like a damn revolving door that makes no freaking sense. It's coming and going, no rhyme or reason why we do anything. None. I see it now more than ever. Look, I have worked in college football for a long time in a different era where you had different calendar. I've worked in the NFL now for over 35 years. What I do now ties me to both the college and the pro game on a daily basis to where I see and live and feel and am involved in myself And I'm working with people that are involved daily that are affected by this. So pardon me if I don't give a crap about what anybody on the outside says. Those of us that are involved in it actually know how it affects it. And here's what's going on. With no rhyme or reason, it's chaos. Look, let's take it one by one. Most of you know my feeling of how the season should play out. I think that, first of all, let's take recruiting. I have believed that there's nothing wrong with having an early signing day if it's an early signing day. Let's have it late July, early August for kids that are going into their senior year in high school that plan on enrolling early or just want to get it known and sign the National Letter of Intent, the NLI, 
not to be confused with NIL, do that in August. Have that as a day, a first Monday in August or whatever. Have that as a day to where a small percentage of guys that want to make that designation can do that. Have a stipulation that if the current school changes a coach, head coach, that that they could have a redo. And then if you're going to have an early signing day, have it early. Then go through the season. And as you get done with the season, I I believe we should play bowl games. Then we should pick the teams after the bowl games, personally. But we go through the season, okay? And then we move the real signing day to the last week of February. Instead of being early February, make it the last week of February. And the reason why I'm moving it back from February 2nd to, like, February 25th is to give it more time. We have a a cycle, a calendar cycle that takes the championship game until like the almost mid-January. It gives plenty of time for those that don't make the playoffs or bowl game, whatever, to make their coaching changes. So it gives you an entire season to evaluate your coaching staff, to make a decision one way or another, hire a new coach, hire a new staff, give everybody plenty of opportunity to go ahead and recruit and sign a, a a class in February. The other thing it does, it creates an outstanding calendar for college football, which is important for the relevance of the sport. Think about this. We were getting ready for conference championship weekend which was going to decide who was going to be in the frickin' national playoffs. And the only thing people could talk about in college football was Brian Kelly going to LSU, Lincoln Riley going to USC, and all the other big moves. You're taking the biggest week where you're focusing on those games and highlighting that. That's what should have been the focus. Now, I'm not saying if all those moves, I'm not criticizing those moves. I'm just saying imagine if we get done with the season. Now you take it to, you know, we've got now the, the we've discern, determined who's going to be in the playoffs and what. Now, if we're having those big news, imagine how big that would be to create that environment. Not that I think there should be a coaching uh, firing and hiring season, but that's just part of the world we live in in football. Let's have a time frame where that can be focused on and discussed and create a lot of exciting excitement. And then have in the transfer portal, if you're going to have a transfer portal, have a legitimate way to organize it where this is the time frame you can put in to go to the transfer portal and you've got this time frame to do it. If you're going to be a college free agent, let's call it what it is college free agency. And let's have a time where it starts and where it ends. You can't pick up one day, say this one day, say that if you do that, then you've got organized college free agency, which could be very, very intriguing. If you got guardrails, it gives you 
ample time to determine you got your coaching staff together, you go out recruiting, you can evaluate your players on your roster between you and them, let them determine whether they're going to hit college free agency or not. And everyone kind of moves on and one part of the calendar leads into another, into another, into another. It makes sense. It folds in nicely from one to the other. And then we have not only a good way to manage the business from the inside, but from the outside, the people that talk about it and are excited about it have something. The season. Then what are the coaching changes? Then who are they going to be the new hires? Then who's going to stay in and stay out of the portal? Then the whole recruiting leading into imagine if you had recruiting to where you'd have college free agency, then you'd have a, a stop point, then you'd have signing day, which you can factor that in. If you're sitting there and you're a recruit, you'd like to know I'm a quarterback, I want to go to school A. Uh, you want to make sure that somebody doesn't bring in two guys from the portal at your position, it's an opportunity that gives everybody a fair chance to say, look, we look at these recruits, we look at the transfer portal, we're going to operate both, and we're going to go and bring this guy in the portal and sign this guy. And let it all play out in a sequential formula to where you've got a big news cycle. I mean, you got a big news cycle all of January, all of February, where you've got free agency, then you've got, quote-unquote, the signing day, which is like draft day, and it creates – I mean, it would absolutely captivate college football and put college football on the the front page of everything all the time in terms of the news cycle. But – and that's great for the business of it, but it's also great for the inside inner workings of how you get it done. It's going to change a great deal. Um, the regulations and the guardrails are needed The trend, with the transfer portal. The NIL is a big part of it. Look, are you kidding me? What is going on with the name, image, and likeness? Players are going to decide, I had a really good year. I am going to, I'm a sophomore. I'm making this amount of money on an NIL deal. I'm going to go ahead and enter the portal just to see who might be willing to pay me more money in an NIL deal. If I'm good enough, the school's going to take me back if I leave. Other people are going to offer me. That's how it's going to play out. That's what they're going to do. Now, not everyone is in a position to do that, but the elite players, the ones that raises your eyebrow when they go in, those are the ones that are going to get a lot of play. It's going to happen. They're setting it up. I got to tell you about my good friends over at the Daily Tip. If you're into sports betting, you know just how quickly the lines can change. And when you've got a lot riding on those odds, it pays to stay ahead of the curve. 
So before placing your bets, listen to the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM for the best betting analysis and information. Uh, They're a lot of fun to listen to, very informative, and can get you the insights that you need to be very successful in the gambling end of it. A lot can change between last night's games and today's odds. The Daily Tip gives you an early look at all the angles. Hosts Michael Jenkins and Chelsea Messinger break down the big takeaways and make sure that you know everything you need to bet smarter. With featured guests like bookmakers, Odyssey insiders, and BetMGM experts, you've always got a fresh take on the action. Your friends will be wondering what you know that they don't. Not that you have to tell them where you heard it. As much fun as it is to bet on the game, it's even more fun when you've got the inside scoop. Ready to bet with an edge? Tune in to The Daily Tip, presented by BetMGM. Listen weekdays, 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. Eastern on Odyssey, Spotify, or on your favorite podcast app. Great guys here. So the biggest storyline of the day was Deion Sanders, Jackson State. And the statement that was made um, by getting a player that was seemingly headed to Florida State, Sewanee, Georgia player, that um, was Travis Hunter, is one of the best players in the country. He's long. He's a little little thin and he's going to grow into be a great corner. He's got oily hips that can turn and move. Um, he's going to Jackson State. He's turning down Florida State. Why? Just mention, it's NIL money. There is a deal in place. I believe it's with Barstool, but I'm not – I'm not sure of that. It's a deal that Deion Sanders, it's a it's a media relations, it's a it's a marketing deal. Why did the kid do it? Well, Deion Sanders is looking for publicity for himself and certainly using the school and the young man to foster that. He gets the kid a lot of money, more money than he was gonna make going somewhere else. Again, coming from certainly Jackson State couldn't afford it, not that you can do it as a school anyway, but a an opportunity from Barstool. <clears throat> or if it's a combination between them and someone else, I'm not sure. But the, he's getting money to do that. He's not turning down money to go to Jackson State. He's getting a deal from them. Now, there's denials in that, of course. Of course, we all know that there's a bunch of BS. He will make a lot. Dion's getting paid by Barstool. You know, that's why he's working at Jackson State and living, you know, like a multimillionaire because he's getting paid a ton of money from Barstool. My understanding is that, look, I, we don't even know if the kid's going to play at Jackson State. I, I, I would think he would probably play there. But. My understanding of the deal is, A, it gives great publicity to Barstool or whoever. It gives great publicity to Dion and, and for Jackson State. But it all goes to what Dion's able to do. But he's able to do it, and he may be able to do this for a couple of others, 
to where he can he can pay individual players money. Now, is it going to put him in a position where he can compete for titles at Jackson State? Of course not. Win a SWAC title. I mean, they're already going to do that because they're getting the money and they're getting things that the other programs in that league can't. So you're not competing at the highest level in college football, but he doesn't care. He's going to get his money. But here's the thing. It's a name image likeness deal. Kid can leave a month from now, six months from now, nine months from now, a year from now. He can take the money because there's no stipulations in this deal. And he can go transfer to Georgia next year or Alabama or anywhere he wants. He's that good. So he can make his money, still go play at a big-time program. He can do it all. Conversation, you come here, you make money. You're going to get no more notoriety and more following that you did this at Jackson State. You don't have to be there. Hell, this is Dion. I may not be here in a year. I may get myself a bigger job. You can come with me. This is how this is done. Now, is this a – you hear this a lot. Well, you know, it says this was going to run at the rich get richer. Well, it depends on what you're talking about. If you're a if you're a marketeer like Deion Sanders and you can go to big-time companies and get money to do an NIL deal for one of your players, and, again, you got to publicly deny it, but you know this is how this stuff is being worked everywhere. Well, then you could do that. Now, who who else is going to have the command, the marketing skills, and the profile to get that done? Not many. The other thing is, can Jackson State offer this to two guys, three guys, 20 guys? I mean, look, it's one thing to be able to do this. It's another thing to field a football team that's really, really relevant, really, really good. For example, if you it would take – if you want to pay 85 players, and they don't have 85 scholarships at that level. But if you want to play every player $100,000 a year, that's, what, $8.5 million. Could he conceivably get that done? Yeah, sure he could. Is that what he's going to do? No, he doesn't need to do that to win and maybe go 11-1 and or 12-0 and at Jackson State and achieve what he wants. So that's how that's played out. You go to Florida State, which is a place he really liked a lot. What does Florida State do? Do they have an NIL deal that's going to pay him as much as this? This kid's going to probably make more money at Jackson State than any player in this recruiting class, any player. Again, this is not going into the NFL where there's organized pay in a structured slotting pay scale. There's no salary cap. So I don't know. We won't know how much he'll make. and. It'll be revealed and thrown out. We may be able to find this or that. No record of it. But what I understand is he's going to make more money than he would have made at Florida State or anywhere else because he's – it's a marketing tool. It's a – it's a it's what it is. And so we're going to have some of that. And, and Dion is one of the few that could do it. Is Hugh Jackson, new coach at Grambling, going to be able to pull off the same thing? Well, he can. Is he going to be able to? Don't know that. Don't know that we're going to get that. And do you have enough big-time boosters that are willing to do that? Well, Dion doesn't have to. 
He doesn't have to do that. In fact, he's ironic in it that he basically took it away from his <clears throat> school. A lot of them said he really wanted to do this because Florida State really not considered hiring him in recent coaching. Well, when they hired Mike Norvell, didn't take him seriously. So he kind of, uh, it's just his way of getting back. I don't know about all of that, but that's the reality of what's going on. You've probably heard that Texas has got a deal now where all of their offensive linemen are going to make $50,000 a year. So in addition to everything they get, they're going to get $50,000 pay. Well, if you're an offensive lineman and you like Texas, they're one of the schools you, uh, you're getting 50000 and you're not going to get paid with one of the others, uh, what are you going to do? Well, you know what you're going to do until somebody says, well, we're going to pay ours a little bit more, and we're going to pay a little bit more. And so what do you do? <clears throat> How much money do you raise? Do you create a $10 million salary pool and divide it up on how valuable the players, the five stars get this. I mean, where's it all headed? Don't know. It's not regulated. Um, Texas and Texas A&M. Texas flipped a few guys today. And again, flips are part of signing day, but you trace the flips. Why would the flips we can get you more money in an NIL deal. Oh, but Chris, the NIL is is something they can get when they come on campus. It won't be used in recruiting, they said. And I said, you either are the dumbest SOB or just extremely naive. Of course it's going to be used in recruiting. Certainly who can tell you that is legal and not legal. But of course – you come here, you can make this. Again, how are we going to organize this? How are we going to regulate this? Just saying. Just saying. So that's how things played out with the deal with Deion Sanders and, um, and Travis Hunter. Uh, it, it is a interesting story. And look, I'm happy for the kid and the money, but but that's just in terms of how it is playing out. This is kind of the world we're living in. And the problem is that there's no regulation on any of it because the name, image, and likeness is going to be used as a recruiting tool. And with the transfer portal, it never stops. So my point is, what is he getting to go to Jackson State? What is somebody getting in an NIL deal at Texas or Texas A&M or Florida or Alabama or Georgia or Ohio State, wherever? They are going to continually be recruited by other schools while they're at their school that they sign with, with the idea of we can pay you more in an NIL deal. Fine. I'll leave because no restrictions on when they can leave. We'll transfer. It's no big deal. That's where we are. This is why, again, without people that work in the business, 
we know what's going to happen if you do X. We know that Y and Z are going to happen. If you don't work in it, you just think, oh, I didn't know that. I didn't. <laughs> it's just, it, it, it's the people that are making decisions that are making it to try to appease one group, to try to d- distract them from what they really want. And, you know, I think it's become a real big problem. I think we're going to have to eliminate early signing day. Eliminating early signing day corrects some of the calendar problems that I talk about. It doesn't affect transfer portal needs to be addressed on its own. When you can transfer, when you can't transfer, all those things need to be ironed out. NIL, all three are different issues that need to be corralled, siphoned through. You throw them all together. And you have the biggest cluster bleep that we've seen in a long time. Oh, but Chris, we've had money going underneath the table all the time. Yes, we did. So the name, image, and likeness is something that is the coming above board. Um, It's been done behind the scenes. But it's going to be done more and done more creatively, which... Look, if you into that, believe in that, then it needs to be organized and, and, and regulated. Because, see, when it was behind the scenes, not everybody was as comfortable doing it because it might cause some problems, cause probation. Now that it's not a problem, there's more, hey, there's no risk. If somebody said, look, it's illegal to cheat on your taxes, and everyone would cheat on your taxes. Well, people are doing it anyway, so what's the difference? Uh, well, the difference is if you get caught, you get audited, you can get in trouble. It's kind of the same thing. Now it's licensed to go ahead and do it. No reason to not do it. You got no excuse to not do it, no risk to do it. And so it leads to that. Now, is there a limit? How do you want to do it? Uh, do you want to have a pool? Do you create a pool? Do you put a limit on how much can be paid? Uh, Probably going to lose that. The horse is out of the barn. Toothpaste is out of the tube. You probably are never going to be able to say you can only have a payroll of X amount of money. You're going to only be able to pay a player X amount of money. I don't know. It's, you know, in the way you do in the NFL, Chris, it's collectively bargained and it's happened over time with this. You've just thrown caution to the wind, let them go out and run free. And now you're going to try to corral them and say, no, 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 no. We're taking that all away. A lot tougher to do it. We're going down a path of college football that because the powers that be didn't get a handle on it, the greed of how they dealt with it. If they had, look, we're going to pay these guys and we can raise funds from outside sources to pay guys and create a salary on top of scholarship idea of the players, but we've got to form a college football alliance with these players, and they've got to agree to it, they would have gone for it in a heartbeat. 
10, 15 years ago, but they didn't do that. Now, all of a sudden, it's come out, and you're not going to get anybody to agree to that same deal uh, anymore right now. I can tell you what is a great deal. It's my friends at MyPillow. Uh, you guys have helped me build MyPillow um, and, and help Mike uh, develop MyPillow into an incredible company that it is today. And Mike Lindell uh, gives you a great night's sleep with the sheets and the pillows that are so great that I love. But I got to tell you, they're now changing the game uh, with this six-feet towel set. Uh, it's made of USA cotton. It's extremely absorbent. I got my hands on some of these. It's a six-piece towel, six towel set. The two bath ones, the two big ones, the two hand ones, and the two washcloth. Uh, they've got that incredible, soft, absorbent feel. Um, they That set is like 100 bucks. But they've got a sale for $39, $39.99. You can get that entire set. That's outstanding. I love them. Uh, they're really good. I remember to bring one out next show to show you. Um, great job. What a great holiday gift. Check them out. Uh, all you got to do is MyPillow.com. Put in the code, promo code Landry. But they ask you to call them. Yes, one 800 659-2338. That's 1-800-659-2338. Enter the promo code LANDRY, L-A-N-D-R-Y. What a great gift for yourself, your loved one, uh, this holiday season. Get it done. Get it done now. Another gift, gift that keeps on giving all year long is LandryFootball.com. It's where you want to go to get all the detailed information. College football, NFL, recruiting, the draft free agency, bowl game breakdowns, playoff runs in the NFL, everything uh, from soup to nuts. As you know, we have kind of switched things around a little bit. We're just focusing on this podcast here. We're looking at maybe doing some of the podcasts we've done before behind the paywall at Landry Football. We kind of like doing this, and we're kind of like you know leading a lot of the detailed stuff that you can get over at LandryFootball.com. We've got some other projects that we're working on for next year. So we think we're going to do this uh, one day a week. We are looking at the possibility, maybe expanding this, doing this a couple of days a week. Don't know. We're going to certainly take feedback and and certainly see what's the best way to do it. Uh, but those are some of my thoughts. Let's get into, see Kev Belargo's joined us with some really good questions uh, today. Uh, and so we want to get to those really quick here. Um, appreciate Kev joining us. Uh, Kev says Dallas defense looked phenomenal, but Dak Prescott made some very poor decisions in the passing game. What are you seeing when you break down the tape? Yeah, Dak is struggling a little bit. Listen, the defense is playing well, and you mentioned it. They made some big-time plays, created a lot of negative plays last week. Look, Dak is streaky. Dak is not someone, he's not the elite of the elite. He's not an Aaron Rodgers or Brady. or He's a guy that can play that way at times. But more often than not, it's all built around the running game and his ability to create and make plays off of that. 
Uh, I think a lot of it is their system and how they're built around the running game. And he's, you know, I don't know that if there's some injury factors contributing to it, but there's been inconsistencies throughout his career that's made him a very good quarterback. And at times great, at times average, but he's been all in all pretty good overall. But that's what you're getting right now. And and if they don't get the best of Dak in the playoffs, they're going to fall short. Um, look, um, I mentioned it. We'll get into it. I think we got a question. If the Rams get that version of Matthew Stafford in the playoffs, look out. They're very dangerous. Are you going to get that? Don't know. Don't know. Cardinals were outplayed by the Rams on Monday night. Do you see this as a one game or something more sustainable? Look, I thought the Rams were outstanding. Thought Matthew Stafford was great. Uh, is that sustainable? Well, that's really the key. That Rams team is very, very good. The Cardinals team, um, you know, I thought the Rams made a number of big-time plays on defense, and it was a difference. Look, I think the Cardinals are still a team you need to watch in the NFC. I think the Rams potentially are. But, you know, from a consistency standpoint, it's the Bucks and the Packers, I think, that are the biggest threats. Because I know that you're going to get what you're going to get out of Brady and Rodgers for the most part. Now, the other parts of it, I'm not quite sure. But on the Cardinals, you know, I think the best of the Cardinals are very formidable. They may have lost their chance or certainly begin to lose their chance towards home field. The Rams, a little bit more up and down. Are they peaking? Are they going to peak like the Bucks did at the end of last year? Maybe they are. Or is this just a, you asking, is it sustainable? Don't know. Honest answer, don't know. We know they're very capable. But can they do it consistently through each rung of the playoffs? Don't know. The final play of the Bills versus Bucks game, you talk about the coverage that the Bills were running. They had a linebacker manned up with Brashad Perriman on a delayed shallow crossing route. Yeah, they were in, looked like zone coverage there. Um, you know, didn't, didn't like really. I thought they, you know, clearly – I don't know that that's the play that was called, the, the defense that was called. I think it might have been a miscommunication there. Don't know. That's what you don't know. It's just because you see a guy on him doesn't mean that who's supposed to be on him. Could have been a missed call there and, you know, miscommunication. I seriously doubt that's that's what you would have there. And Kev also says, can you address all the chatter surrounding Urban Meyer? Look, I think all the chatter with Urban is this. Um Things have been bad. They continue to be bad. They'll get worse. Um, I don't think there's a real path to him surviving and coming back to Jacksonville. I think um, what you're getting is a lot of people that are not happy with him, that want him out. So they're leaking a lot of stuff to, to try to grease that um, and make it more and more a possibility. I mean, look, I think the the recent story that came out that he kicked Josh Limbo in the <clears throat> preseason practice, preseason warm-ups, <clears throat> are all signs that they may, are, may be trying to build a case against Urban Meyer because they owe him a ton of money. They're going to let him go after one year. They're trying to build a case against him to get some of that money back. Fire with cause in violation of a contract. I think that's 
that is in play. I, I think that there's all the things that are being said right publicly. Shotgun, the owners come out and said, we're not going to make any rash decisions. That's the right thing to do. Don't come out and, you know, act like you don't act like the media and the fans. Certainly, whether you believe it or not, look at it. Look, we're going to evaluate it. We're confident. We believe in them. We're, we're you know, we're, we're going to, we're going to go through the process evaluating. We want to support them, all those things. So that if you make that move, which I think they're going to have to by the end of the year, if they have for cause, they can make maybe lessen the check that they've got a right to them. I, I, you know, I think the reality is, is he's not handled things very well. Look, I tell people all the time, um, having been in the college game and the pro game, it's quite a bit different. Dealing with the players are different. Dealing with circumstances, situations are different. Um, you know, management, you're paying them, how you deal with it, how they respond, how you practice, how you talk to them, how you motivate them, how you work with a lot of things are a lot different. Look, in college, you can recruit your way out of trouble. You can recruit significantly better players than the people that you're playing against in the Big Ten when you're at Ohio State. Or you can recruit better than most of the people in the SEC when you're at Florida. Recruiting can save you. Look, even at Utah and at Bowling Green, he recruited better than the schools in the Mountain West, which he was in at Utah. That was before they made the move to the Pac-12. And at Bowling Green, he recruited better than others in the Mac. He out-recruited you. Well, if you take in the NFL, you have to build a team through the draft. You don't have the advantages of who you are. You have to, you've got the same salary cap. You've got maybe more money if you manage the cap to go sign players in free agency, but you still got limitations and you've got the draft. You can pick higher, but you've got to hit on all those and you can't flood the market by signing 25 of the best players for two or three years and be able to have wins that, don't require any creative juices from a strategical standpoint. In, in the NFL, it's simply about, you know, you it's about talent. You got to have a quarterback and you got to have talent. Yes, but the talent's more evenly dispersed. So it exposes your abilities as a coach to get more out of your team than the next guy. And he's getting exposed. It's getting exposed because he's got less talent and he can't get those guys to play with the type of discipline and structure. Well, he, his teams at Florida or Ohio state or Utah wasn't the most disciplined teams. They were the most talented and they're able to win games. But in the NFL, you can't certainly at Jacksonville, you can't out personnel somebody that you're playing. In fact, you're woefully inadequate relatively speaking, to the people that you're playing. 
it's difficult. And you're saying that he creatively can't handle it. He doesn't see an end that in positively, I don't, I don't see one either. I think this is going to be very difficult. I'd be very surprised if he returns. Let's see. Um, Hey, Chris, did uh, you get a chance to talk about Demarius Thomas? I did not, Rich. Uh, we discussed a lot of recruiting in the signing day and answered the questions. Demarius Thomas, um, Bebe was a really, really good guy, really good player. Um, so sorry uh, to lose somebody like that so soon is really tragic. Uh, was a great talent, great player out of Georgia Tech. <clears throat> Big time player that go up and make plays um, in that offense and that wishbone offense. The one-on-one matchups were were fun to watch. Then going into the NFL, he had a really, really good career. And was a big guy with a big catch radius. Um, He had a long, smooth stride. Uh, Really, really sad. So uh, thoughts and prayers to him. Thank you, Rich, for bringing it up. And thank you, Kev, for all your questions and thoughts on today's show, bringing a lot of – NFL into the mix. We'll have the breakdowns, even more breakdowns on the NFL as we're going to focus a lot on, we'll break down all the games as we always do, but give a little special emphasis on the playoff implication games. Bowl games, got bowl games starting this weekend. We'll have the breakdowns, the film room breakdown analysis over at LandryFootball.com, all the bowl games. We'll bring them out to you as the games approach. So check those out. We've got the, uh, Friday games already up. We'll get the Saturday ones up here, uh, here in the next couple of days. All the latest recruiting information, all the latest news and notes from around the NFL, college football, transfer portal, you name it. We're uh, certainly getting ready to put together uh, all the draft uh, information for you. So it's a great opportunity to become involved uh, with LandryFootball.com. Check it out today. We've got a holiday savings special over at Landry Football. So take advantage of it. Sign yourself up. Do a favor to a friend. Give a friend of yours a gift to LandryFootball.com. You can do that. Go pay for it. Sign them up with their email address. Very simple to do. What a great gift. It's something that will they'll appreciate. He or she will appreciate all year long. So if you would help spread the word on what we're doing there. We so appreciate you joining us. Join us again next week for another edition of the Landry Football Podcast, all part of the Landry Football Network. So long, everybody. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. 
In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.